Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Air's looking good. New shampoo? I don't know. It's probably more, you know, a random look thing than anything by design. I did have a haircut for uh, for Berlin, you know, I had a bit of a trim. Had the weight taken out of it. Anthony. Ah, ah, you had the weight taken out, right, okay. Yes, because if I don't have the weight taken out of it occasionally, it looks like a thatched roof. Right, did they do that with those funny shears? Those like... It's not like a normal pair of scissors, is it? They're thinning, thinning scissors, don't they? Oh, he has those, and he's a big believer in the cutthroat razor as well. What, on your so hair? He, yeah, he gets stuck in with a with a very sharp razor and, and zizzes bits out. Ooh, now I'd like to see that. Does he stream as he's as he's going? Uh, now in Simon, he probably streams something much more seedy than him cutting hair, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, we need to get Simon on the podcast. <laughs> we I'm should like, get Simon. I'm liking should, Simon, actually. We should get Simon on the podcast. He's a, he's, he is a bit of a hoot. He's a character. He's a bit of a Jack the Lad. But he's a very, very good um, <coughs> hairdresser. Um, I, he's cut my hair for years and years and years in, ver- in various establishments as he's moved from business to business. I've always sought him out. You've followed him round? I have, yeah. Yeah, he, he he was at Tony and Guy's in Banbury. Uh, he was the manager there, and then uh, he left. And then he went to Trevor Sorby in London, which is Trey Posh. Uh, and he was at Sorby's in Hampstead for a bit. And then he went, he, then he set up his own business in Chipping Norton, um, where he was snipping the chipperati. Ah, oh, the chipperati, I like that. Uh, oh, he's sniffing the chipperati a bit and and continues to do so occasionally. He, he's, uh, he, he drops a few names, this Simon, you know. When he's not snipping Natalie Imbruglia, he's snipping Jemima Khan. She's not Jemima Khan anymore, is she? She's, or is she still Jemima Khan? I don't know. She was Jemima Goldsmith, and then she married Imran Khan, and then she left Imran Khan, came back and uh, languishes in unbelievable luxury somewhere in the um, Cotswolds, as as so many people do. Um, I, on the other hand, just drive there, get my hair cut and drive back again. When he moves moves establishment, (laughs) does he give you any clues? Or, or do you really have to seek him out? Or <laughs> do I track him? <laughs> I've got him fitted with a tracker, yeah. Have you? Uh, <laughs> um, no, he usually lets me know where he's going. In fact, he's now left his own business, which is uh, kind of nuts. 
Oh, I'm uh, liking the sound of Simon. We need to get Simon on here. Yeah, he's he's now he's now left. I mean, his 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 salon in um, in Chipping Norton was called Simon Smith. That was his name, uh, but he's left. So he's left himself, and now he lives in an incredible um, in an incredible house, uh, which is not his. It's it it. it it belongs to a couple of people who used to own Marks and Spencers or something, or they were very highly placed in Marks and Spencers, and they they live in a kind of manor house overlooking the rolling hills of Kingham, which and now Kingham is posher than Chipping Norton. That's right. your prop. That's your proper posh Chipperati Kingham, um, and uh, I think they were one of his clients and. When his marriage went down, they said, oh, you can come and live here. So he moved into the gatehouse, which is bigger than my house. And now he, now he lives in, 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 in Chipperati splendor. Um, in there, and then they're usually out traveling the world, these two, because they're phenomenally wealthy. Um, and I sometimes go there and he cuts my hair in his kitchen because he's now between salons. Sometimes he comes here and cuts my hair in my kitchen when he's going past. So uh, he's a top bloke. He's an absolute scream. And he's a ninja with the scissors. Right. And the cutthroat razor, by the sound and of things. And he's a ninja with the cutthroat razor. Right. Well, I think we we need to get him on. There's an episode title. Already. Already. We need to get him on. We'll have him on. I'll give him a jingle. He's busy at the moment because he's, he's setting up a new salon. Uh, so he's got loads of business, uh, loads of building work going on. Um, he's setting up a new salon in the heart of Chipping Norton, I believe, right. which will be Simon Smith again, because the Simon Smith that he he left had to change its name to something else after he left. Right. So there we are. Wow. He does not have a dancing bear, but he is very good with the scissors. He needs to. He needs to be on this podcast. Mm. He's exactly our kind of guest. I think. <laughs> he I feel. <laughs> oh, he's quite. Yeah, he's funny. He's a. Yeah. He's. He's. He's a top chap. Well, your hair definitely has a bit of bounce this morning. So whatever he's done, he's done. He's done. He's done something. It's got that kind of. Uh, that kind of sheen about it. Yeah. Very impressive. Well, there we are. Doesn't normally come through a Zoom screen, but there we are. No, Um, a sheen that comes through a Zoom screen. That's a tongue twister. Through a screen. Mm. Um, How was Berlin? Berlin was extraordinarily great. Um, It was both nights were fantastic. The crowd was brilliant. It was all sold out. It was a a nice, a a nice room. Uh, Phil didn't like it acoustically. Uh, oh bloody hell! Oh bloody bloody bloody! What kind of a cave this one? Uh, Phil wasn't terribly impressed, but everybody I spoke to, and I, I kept, I went for a walk on Saturday, and bumped into a lot of people in, in the city, and I asked all of them. I said, "How was the sound?" And they went, "Oh, sounded fantastic." I said, "Oh well, our soundman was a bit concerned." I said, "Well, he can't have been sitting where we were because it sounded great where we were." So I think it sounded great everywhere except behind the desk. Right. Um, Phil's, not, Phil's not going deaf or anything, is he? No. No, he's been deaf for years. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Bear that in mind. 
as, Mar- as Marillion gigs keep getting louder. <laughs> they will, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's start and then let's dive into Berlin in a bit more in a bit more detail. It's one sixty-five, isn't it? Yes. Right. Go on, yes. we'll start then. Are yes. you ready? Yes. All oh, right. Hello and welcome to chapter 165 of the Corona Diaries. Good morning. Good morning. 165, you know, it's a hell of a bloody achievement, isn't it? It is. It is. I don't know where, 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 where did they all go, Ant? I don't know. Where did did all the podcasts go? I don't know. Long time passing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Is there something, I bet nobody's done this before. We could, we could trailblaze in the podcast space by effectively going back and re-recording every episode but trying to do it better <laughs> you'd need you'd need to point several guns at me <laughs> what are you trying to say you need, a, you need a team of men with ak's in a semicircle. um nothing nothing less would induce me i think to start again I think I think I think it's good that people could probably go back and hear, hear us grow. We've grown into ourselves like a toenail. <laughs> I I think this is more like a journey into dementia or some form of mental illness. I don't think it's I don't think there's growth involved. Oh, all right. I think it's, it's a slow a, decline. It's a journey to the center of the earth. I wonder where we peaked. Now when we look that's, back, I wonder which one we crazy. peaked at. I don't know. I do feel like I've peaked in the past today, but that's probably because I came back from Berlin and I'm a bit weary from the, from the two nights in Berlin. And then I was shunted straight into a social occasion last night. Ooh. And I've had a word with Lynetta. I've said, I love you very much, but um, going forward, we're going to have to have a rule that when I come back from foreign climes, if I've done shows, I need a day. Mm. Don't don't take me to a party uh, because it just you know the remains of me goes to the party and then the remains of the remains of me comes back and I feel like I'm a bit of the remains of the remains of Steve Hogarth today. I'm a little bit shattered to be honest and I, and I just did the diary reading before we came on air, you and I. And I was listening back to it, editing it, and I, sound, I just sounded so tired. Oh, God. I mean, I didn't deliberately sound tired, but you can really hear the weariness in my voice. You can probably hear it yourself right now. I'm hey, just and I bit... don't think you're too bad, actually. I don't think you're oh, too right. bad. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be sprightly. Yeah, I look forward to the, the diary reading though. Did you did you actually did you fall asleep part way through? Is it one of those where you had to you, you you jolted awake? No, it just sounds a bit sleepy. I mean, normally it's like daddy 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 da daddy 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 da. But this morning it's a bit. You know, it's a bit more like that. Did you know about the social occasion you were being bounced into before you departed, or did it happen? While you were away, I, I, yeah, I got wind of it um, just before I left Berlin yeah. to come back. Um, That's the trick, normally, isn't it? Drop those things <laughs> in while you're packing. Yeah, exactly. Well, just to let you know, when you get back, <laughs> yeah, 
she even said, "I'm." A, we've been invited to blah, 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 and I'm afraid I've agreed, she said. <laughs> so, oh, deep joy. But I actually had a nice time. Right. But it's a bit much for a... A man of a man who does what I do on stage at my age needs needs a bit of a proper day off after it. I think yeah, I think you deserve it. I think you deserve it. Did we did we talk about where the venue was in in Berlin? I I, I don't know if we've touched on this or not. Okay, well it's um it's a sort of ten minute walk from Potsdamer Platz if anybody right. knows the city. Um, it's the it's called the Tempodrome. And it's like, uh, what does it look like? From the outside, it looks like a huge teepee. Okay. Um, it's sort of a bit teepee-esque. I mean, it doesn't. It looks like a big gig, but it kind of comes up to a a lot of points, like the points of a crown almost. And I think I've I've uploaded a couple of pictures to Instagram of me standing in front of it. If you want, if you want to know, it'll be on Marillion's Instagram page. Um, and inside, it's all—it's much more. Um, It's—I mean, I guess you could do it. You could almost do it in the round because it's quite round inside. Um, but it's more like some kind of polygon inside than a circle, and it's all sort of. Um, what would you call it? I can't think of the right word, but it's it, it's covered in wood on the inside and wooden, a bit like the old wavy wavy roof in Madrid Airport. If you've mm. ever been there, you know it's that wavy roof, isn't it? All the wood. It's a bit like that inside. You look at it and you think this place should sound fantastic, you know. And then you hit the kick drum and it just goes boom. And you think, oh fuck! So it's not nearly as dead as you might imagine it. Sh- it should be, mm. which is probably why Phil has got all oh, bloody hell, bloody what am I going to do with this? But apparently, he did do wonderful things with it because it sounded great. And it was Friday and Saturday, wasn't it, rather than Saturday Sunday? It was. We got there Thursday. It was pissing down. It, the The weather was dreadful. And it rained hard all day Friday. Um, so I didn't go out. I was sort of a bit um, trapped in the hotel because I couldn't really get out in the street. Uh, but Saturday was glorious. Um, so I had a good walk about on Saturday. Went to my went to my favourite rock and roll clothes shop. In, there's a mall in Potsdamer Platz. And there's a... There's a shop there that sells, you know, rock and roll sort of T-shirts, but quite cool ones. Um, and that's where I got my Bad Bear Berlin sweatshirt that I sometimes swan about in. Anyway, bought 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 the family a T-shirt each in there. Um, me and Vibes got one with a panda on it because the giant pandas are quite famous in Berlin Zoo. And I uh, got, got Lynetta one that sort of looks like Audrey Hepburn as Nefertiti. Oh, uh, okay. You know, and why not? 
Right. So that was that was, and I had a nice troll around, ran into a lot of lovely people who kept saying, "Well, it was great last night. I loved the show." And came from Hanover, I came from Leipzig, I came from here, there, and everywhere. Came from England. Um, that kind of thing. So I had a little chat with the people I ran into. Um, took another picture of myself outside the Spy Museum. Ah, uh, yes, that was a that was beautiful. <laughs> that was that was absolutely beautiful. In fact, I think you should post that on Patreon, Patreon, Patreon for the purples for those who didn't see it. I will. Sod it, I will. Yes. Oh, and the other thing is, there's um, Lucy sent me a link this morning for the podcast awards, so I must put that link up in case anybody would like to. Well, I was going to cover that because she sent that to vote. me as well. Ah, okay. I got I heard distinctive ping. <laughs> If I'd been a, I'd have sent it to you as well. Yeah, yeah. It, my phone <laughs> pinged yesterday in that way that made me know it was Lucy. Oh, okay. That, Did it kind of go ping? Da da da. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the ping that starts off in front of you but goes just past your ear like a bullet or a knife. <laughs> Do you know the one I mean? <laughs> no, but that's very visual. <laughs> It's just it starts off as a ping in front of you, but it ends up as a ping whizzing past your ear with you thinking that was that was a shot across the bows. Oh, okay, right. Oh, a warning, more of a warning. A, a, than a warning, you know. Yeah. Um, and it did. Yes. Well, we need to talk about that because it's the British Podcast Awards. You can vote Ooh. for that. You can vote for the Corona Diaries. Yes. Um, because you can't and vote you for TCD because it won't come no. up. If you put it in the search engine. That's not what it's called. No, that's not what it's called. But you can vote for the Coronavirus. And, and do you know what? We should make an effort this time. I think we should really this time go hell for leather to see if we can't get some form of, of, of deeply undeserved recognition. Galvanise the listeners. I think we should. I, yeah. I think we should. What do you mean undeserved? Who the hell talks this amount of bollocks on a podcast with such consistency and intensity? And... <laughs> And Bonamy. Indeed, and such good hair. <laughs> Thank you. It's all it's right. Quite, it's a friend of mine said it's quite shiny today. <laughs> really? Is that what you've yeah. heard? Even even through Zoom. Yeah, it has bounce. It has bounce. <laughs> it's, got, it's got Zoom shine. I will, while we're on, I will, I will see if I can't click the old link from Lucy's message and Ooh. see when, the, uh, when the, the has, you have to vote by. Right. Um, it doesn't. I don't think it. Listeners' Choice Award. That's the one we're going for. Because, funnily enough, we've not been nominated any of the official categories. No. Well, I'm absolutely convinced that there's a kind of hand of fate that removes Marillion or any part of it from mm. you know any of that. We call it the unseen hand, and we've we've called it that for years. We're not right. allowed in the mainstream media. Right, so to qualify, the podcast must have been available by the 1st of June 2023, which suggests that it's not been open very long. So, but it doesn't right. actually tell you um, when when closing date is. Listener's choice. Let's see if I can find something else here. Mm. No, it doesn't tell us. So we ju- I think we should just start now. Let's start now. So last year, over 220,000 individuals supported their favourite podcast. So I reckon... I reckon all we need to win is probably about 219,000 votes. 
219,000 votes. I reckon that would do it. That I reckon would if do it. 220,000 people... I'll, I'll sod it. 111,000 should get us there. Okay. So, well, so we need, I, might be a terrible waste of time in that case. <laughs> do you not think we're going to be able to galvanise 111,000 votes, Stephen? We might scrape in the top 100. <laughs> we'll we'll put the link on the notes, but I think we're going to start now mentioning this all the time. Okay. So British Podcast Awards, and if you go to BritishPodcastAwards.com, you will find it. It's the Listener's Choice Award. Just type in the Corona Diaries, and and if you if you can and have the the urge to vote, but I reckon two hundred twenty thousand votes last year. I don't think anybody's getting more than about ten thousand based on that. Right. I reckon right. we could galvanise that. Do you? Yeah, oh, I think so. Oh, With a bit of help from Lucy, I think. Let's get galvanising. I think so. I think if we get Lucy involved, I think we stand half a chance. Right. If we mention it on the Marillion Facebook. I think we stand half a chance. Just say, vote for this, whether you listen to it or not, you bastards. Because that's what everybody else will be doing. Because that's what everybody else will do. Yeah. And all the biggies will all be nominated in the normal categories anyway, won't they? Like, the you know, all the kind of pushed ones, the ones that have Jay Z. <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> I don't know anything about popular culture anymore. It's it's lost on me. I think it's all I think it's all politics and true crime. Politics and true crime. Right. Well the big the big listenerships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought I think... you just meant the world. No. Well I think that probably is as well. Yeah, I'm bloody certain. Yeah. Uh on the sub- completely apropos of nothing, um, and hmm. two things actually. One, I just made a, a cup of coffee before I came on air and made one for my wife and took it upstairs to her, and she's not actually in the building, so I've no idea where she's gone. Um, oh, um, and which which was an effort missed. If you if you go to the trouble of making a coffee for you know, you you, you want the recognition, don't you? Or at least the brownie points. Well, we, we're we're in a similar boat this morning because I took a, I made a cup of coffee for Lynetta, who'd gone back to bed. Uh, after doing the school run, and said, "Could I give her a shout at ten? So I gave, I brought her a coffee up at ten, and I don't think she even woke up to drink it. So that that's been left as well. Right. So you've lost your missus, and I can't get mine out of bed. So which, there we are. Which, bearing in mind that she accepted this social occasion on your behalf, and he's now sleeping it off, that does seem a little mm. while you're grafting." Yeah, the the irony of things like that often does drift through my mind, and I, I try not to dwell on it. <laughs> the second thing was, I ended up at Headingley watching the cricket on Sunday. You would have really enjoyed it. Oh, cricket at Headingley. Is that, is that Leeds? That's Leeds, yes. Yeah, Leeds. Um, oh, the cricket. Which cricket was that? The Ashes? No, 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 no. It was a county championship game. Yorkshire were playing Gloucestershire. I took my dad for as a kind of a part of his birthday present, and yeah. there was uh, and this huge stadium with about five hundred people in it because hardly anybody goes to watch county championship cricket anymore. But it was really nice. Oh, well, it, was, it was very British. Oh, it would be. Yeah, of course. You know, actually, my sister Jill, who of course you've had on the podcast, um. Her husband, Rich, his son from his first marriage, plays cricket for Australia, for one of the... Um, oh, wow. What, yeah, he's a serious, proper, heavy-duty pro cricketer. And he's over here this summer, p- 
playing in Northampton all summer. I don't quite understand the mechanism, but he's 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 playing in Northampton. Some uh, and I think the final. It's a it's a um, uh, a tournament, and the final is at Headingley. I think. Oh no, it's not. It's at Trent Bridge. Oh, so we might go to Trent Bridge to see that. Um, and Lynette and I are going to go and see him play in uh, in Northampton after we get back from Denmark. I think. In oh, August. Lovely. Lovely. So lovely. see how see how it's done properly, because we see it done fairly properly and on the green, look out the kitchen window most Sundays, but and Saturdays. But this is proper proper. When you're watching it out the kitchen window, do you do you stop for tea at the and lunch at the same time they do? No. No, in fact, I just keep an eye on it and then I go out. I tend to go out and watch the last 15 minutes, which is the only bit of cricket that makes any sense to me as a as a bit of a, you know, whatever it is, singer. Um, you don't know who's winning till the end, so you're best just not bothering. And going out the last 15 minutes going, right, what's going on? Who You know, what did we get all out? And are they in? And how many runs do they need to win? And how many overs are left? And then you go, all right, you can watch the last 15 minutes. You haven't missed anything. Right. Now, you know what? There's something in that. I do think you're missing the enjoyment of of cricket from the old, old middle-aged fella kind of perspective where you spend the entire time speculating on who's winning. That's part of the enjoyment. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Jeffrey Boycott reckons that what you should do to work out who's winning is either add tw- add two wickets or add fifty runs. So you look at the score and you go, oh, if the batting team had fifty more runs, would they be winning? Or if the bowling team had two more wickets, would they be winning? And he said, you can't really tell unless you do one of those two things. Well, I hope the listeners understand that better <laughs> than I just did, Anthony. <laughs> well, it's Jeffrey Boycott. It doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Good luck, anyway. everybody. All you Americans who've never seen anything except baseball, you might struggle with that observation. But there we are. I've I've seen a lot of cricket, and I didn't understand it. <laughs> In your wisdom. Right. So <laughs> yeah. um, what I was going to talk to you about today, because I, mm. I, I, there was a question. There was a question on the guestbook. I was looking at guestbook questions today. And hmm. um, and it was about Lonely Robot. Oh, yeah, John Mitchell. And I, I had no clue that you'd done that. No. No, I often don't have a clue what I've done. In fact, I, I got a... <laughs> I got a I got a WhatsApp from Lucy while I was in Berlin with a with a big big prog magazine announcement that that there's some new video out uh by Daryl Way that features Steve Hogarth and she said you never told me you've made a video and I, and I wrote back and said well I don't remember ever making one so I had to look at it to see where I was and I wasn't in it anyway so they've announced that I'm in it. Or that I'm featured in it, but I think what they mean is that I was featured in in the song, uh, because um, Daryl's got an album coming out, and there's a song on it called Morpheus, um, and he sent me a demo and said, you know, you don't fancy helping out with this, do you? And I went, yeah, I'll bang you a lead vocal down, see if you like it. So I, he sent me the words, and I threw it down and sent it back, thinking it was a bit of fun. But it's got out of hand, and now it's um, it's been released, and 
<laughs> there's a video and uh, and prog magazine are talking about it so it's got a life of its own and now people are sending me messages saying how much they're enjoying listening to it and how super duper it is so there we are well going back to lonely robot Sorry, yes. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. And no. Apologies, Daryl, that we that we we're stealing a bit of thunder from you because I'd seen that about that video as well, and I did yeah. that, have that kind of thing of oh right okay I, I knew nothing about that either. No, well I watched it and he's not even he's in it, so neither of us are in it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite it's quite a nice video, you know. There's well, probably because neither of you are in it. Well, there's never any harm. Right. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, yeah. Anyway, it's our good friend Dewey Dewey Evans. Oh um, yeah, from from Hollyhead, who, yes. who boasted a couple of entries in the guest book. Your your guest book entries are up to two thousand three hundred and fifty nearly now. Well, that's a lot of people, isn't it? A lot of love there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no it's uh, well, they all talk to each other now. I'm not sure any of those messages are even for me. They're just sort of wrapped to each other. No, which no, we we little... we fall into the same thing of the band really. That actually, you know, TCD is largely almost just a thing that allows them all to chat about anything. But that's nice. It's like a little sub community, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Little, beautiful little family. Um, not... Anyway, he was saying that he'd been listening to uh, "Why Do We Stay" by Lonely Robot, hmm. um, and you appear playing a beautiful piano part and singing BVs. Right. Uh, and he said it was a lovely little song and one is, and one of his favourite of your guest appearances. Oh, uh, and nice. it's John Mitchell and Heather Findlay, I think. Wasn't she mostly autumn? Um, she might have been. I mean, I can't remember anything. Um, you know me. I remember going to John's and banging a little bit of piano down for him and doing a bit of a BV on a couple of songs. Um, and uh, he's a nice fellow, John. I've always got on very well with him. Um, quite quite funny. Um, likes a drink. I, I mean, I don't know if he still likes a drink, but my lord. Um I've run into him at the Prog Awards a couple of times, and he's always been utterly hammered. Um, <laughs> Good laugh. So a, a true artist, um, and and yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed um, collaborating with him, but I don't, you know, beyond that, the details have faded into the uh, swamp a bit. Well, in terms of the question. And mm. The question really was around: A, did you have any memories of working with John? Which obviously we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to be picking at that at the, at the carcass of that one for a while. No, I remember going to the studio, and he's got cats, so I was a bit, I was a bit on edge dancing around the cats because I'm allergic to them. Uh, I remember that, and I remember he's got a kind of mad, he's got a mad room in the garden. He's a bit eccentric, and he's he'd got a Rolls Royce out front. He's got, you know, he's got. Um, he said, every now and again, he texts me. He said, "Why don't we? Why don't we get in the roller and hit a couple of clubs in London?" You know, he's got a bit of <laughs> the ghost of Keith Moon comes over him, and I have to kind of go. Well, that's probably not a good idea, John. It won't go down well with the missus. Um, so, uh, but he's a good laugh. And did he reach out to you then? Was was that? Uh... Yes, yeah, so I first came across John. I think 
Pete used to, did he go to school with him? Or maybe Robin went to school with him. He's part of of Pete Trousers' oeuvre, Aylesbury oeuvre, I think, although John lives in um, Reading. And the interesting thing about John is that his father used to be the chairman of Cunard. So, you know, quite quite an important figure in um, in in Great Britain, uh, you know, and was pictures of him meeting the Queen and whatnot. Um and I think he used I think he'd hung out with Neil Armstrong at some point, John's dad. So they're they're, you know, very well sort of connected. And John so John's a little bit I think he's got a bit of that Arist- slightly aristocratic eccentricity about him, and there's pictures of ships on his walls. You know that he did Cunard line ships that his, his father sort of. Oh, he didn't captain them. He was higher than that. He oversaw the the whole shebang. I think. Um, so I remember that, and I remember what's his face being there as well. That DJ. Um, It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Radio 1 DJ, now retired. Uh, 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 uh. No, can't remember. But he was he was sat in the kitchen reading my diaries at one point while I was in the on on mic for for John. And was this so in, met, was this in Reading <laughs> at our, yeah, our studios? That's it. Right. This was right. in Reading, so that's where John lives, with the roller out the front and the, the strange building in the garden and the, the cats and the, what's he called that DJ? Wore glasses. Um, no, not Mike Reed. Mike Reed was sitting in the kitchen reading my diaries, uh, and he gets some. And he gets a mention in my diary when we when when we went off and did the Radio One road show in Wales once, and uh, I was very relieved that I hadn't been unkind to him because you, you don't imagine anyone will ever read this shit, you know. And and there he was in the kitchen with his feet up reading my diary. I'm thinking, God, what did I say about him? <laughs> <laughs> but it was all right. Well, he played in Kino, which is where he ever played with Pete. That was it. That was Pete's band, wasn't it? That was an old band that Pete was in before the Morellos. Yeah. That's it. So, so I, and I think he's opened for us a couple of times on tours over the years, doing odds and sods. And I went to London to the. He had a little. Um, he had a little opening ceremony reception for that Lonely Robot album that I went to as well, above a pub somewhere. In mm. London, mm. Uh, I usually bump into him in the Prague Awards. Well, according to this, the album also featured Peter Cox, Jem Godfrey, and Nick Kershaw. Wow, what that's is not a bad list, connected? is it? No, Kershaw's very talented. Oh, Kershaw's very, very talented. Now, Peter Cox, the singer from Go West. Go West, is that right? Yeah. Well, I know the guy very well who produced Go West big album who produced We Close Our Eyes, which is one of the best-sounding records I ever heard. And I bought that single, and uh, it's an incredible-sounding record, uh, produced by a guy called Gary Stevenson, 
who lives in a, a nearby village to here, and I've known him for for years. And uh, I've been extremely drunk in his presence on the odd occasion. In fact, him and his wife once attached a blue flashing light to me uh, because I was going to walk because because I was going to walk home, uh, and I was so pissed. I could barely move. And they said, well, if you're walking home, we better attach a light to you because you, you're going to get knocked down. So they they attached a flashing light to me. Like you were a skip? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> I think we need to go to diary now. <laughs> the idea of you with a light on walking home you said, to well, stop traffic hitting you. I'd gone round there to do something, one, one sort of tea time, to transfer some DAT tapes um, or to transfer something that was on a, on a format that he had the machines to play, and I didn't. And I went round there and took him a bottle of Jack Daniels as a thank you, but he, he saw that as an invitation to drink all of it during the transfer. And so we got so drunk that by about seven in the evening... I was so hammered, um, and I had to walk round and round and round his garden, not to be sick, but I kept fainting. And uh, his wife said she was finding loose change in the lawn for months after that had fallen out of my pockets. <laughs> that was a night. Never drink spirits you can't see through. No, that was an evening. It wasn't, an, it wasn't a night. We peaked very early. Mm. Um, that was Gary Stevenson. Anyway, he produced the um, the, the really big Go West album that Peter Cox sang on ob- OBS. Um, so yeah, I'm on an album with him. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. Um, I'm you know I'm not exactly hanging out with rock royalty, but I'm I'm on the same records these days. Well, and you you have the same hairdresser. Well, oh god, yeah. Well, it goes without saying. Should we go for a bit of diary? We probably should. I, I, sure. I, I have read this all already, and um, so it's a little trip to Paris. Um, was, I'm on 2013. I think I am now. We are we're in beginning, January, 2013. beginning of 2013. Little trip to Paris, staying in a very dodgy hotel um, that was so dodgy I couldn't stand to even get into the bed. So I checked out again and went somewhere else. Um, and, um, that was, that was that little promo trip in Paris. And then there's a little bit about the bikini club in Barcelona where we had yet another bus breakdown, uh, but, but not with the same awful consequences as the first one. (laughs) I didn't have to get divorced after it or anything. Two thousand and thirteen Wednesday, sixteenth of January, Paris. Steve Rothery and I were to travel ahead of the band to Paris, where a promo day, including radio sessions, had been arranged. We flew to Paris the night before to be rested and ready. 
arrived in Charles de Gaulle Airport, Paris, to discover the Christmas decks still up. Really beautiful. The French totally leave us Brits standing when it comes to decorative aesthetics. The airport looked lovely. Unfortunately, France isn't always the most efficient country on earth, and when the workers aren't actually on strike, they are often a rule to themselves. Tonight, I really wondered. We walked miles from the aeroplane to the baggage hall. God knows how the bags make the journey to the carousels in less than a week. We discovered, unsurprisingly, that nothing happened for half an hour or so before a carousel was even announced. Then more nothing happened for another 15 minutes until an announcement was made, in only French, of course, leaving the non-French speakers to have to ask around among the bilingual passengers for clues, to say that it would be the other carousel across the hall. Everyone crossed the hall to wait at the other carousel. After a further delay, another French announcement came from the tannoy and everyone returned across the hall to the original carousel. After a while, the one across the hall juddered into life and bags began to arrive. Everyone crossed the hall again and began picking up their bags with occasional Gallic shrugs. I soon saw my suitcase appear and hauled it onto the floor. This was eventually followed by Steve's bag. Predictably, the guitar and pedal board didn't arrive, and it took a further half hour to discover, in some kind of English, that we needed to be elsewhere for outsized baggage. I took a photograph of an advertising poster showing three girls wearing hats made out of newspapers. I thought it might come in handy as an image for paper lies during the brave shows at the forthcoming conventions. With much relief, we eventually located and found Steve's guitar still in one piece and made our way through disinterested, which is good, customs into the arrivals hall where we found a man holding up a piece of paper which simply said, Mr H, on it. That turned out to be me and we followed him to the car park and he took us into town. The traffic wasn't too bad, Paris can be hellish, and we made pretty good time, under an hour, into the city centre, arriving at the hotel around 10.30pm. Ah, well rested. The hotel seemed small, and was undergoing building work. A slightly grubby night porter checked us in, and I was given a key to a room on the fifth floor. This turned out to be the roof. My room was accessed by taking a small elevator to the fourth floor, that was as far as it went, and then up a flight of stairs to the next floor, where signs on the wall guided me out into the night air and across the roof to another door with my room number on it. I arrived huffing and puffing with my bags and opened the door to reveal a room barely big enough for the double bed it contained. Around the bed were a few small items of furniture, and all the light fittings had ill-fitting shades showing signs of heat damage. I tried to straighten one of the lampshades, and it wobbled around and fell off. It was then that I noticed the wallpaper, which was designed from 18th century pornographic lithographs of gentlemen shagging half-undressed ladies. Rock and roll, I suppose. 
I could have forgiven the wallpaper as some kind of French weird chic if the room had been bigger and not quite so shabby. I phoned down to reception, and no one answered. The phone didn't seem to work. That did it. I got on the Moby and called my chum, Stephanie Ringway, and asked her if she could sort me out a room at the Relais Montmartre. She called back and said, yes, there's a room. I decided I'd scoot, and the office could sort it all out in the morning. Dragged my bag back across the room, across the roof, down the stairs, and into the lift, and asked the grubby man at reception to order me a cab. I was out of there. Taxied across town to Le Relais on Rue Constance, just round the corner from Le Moulin Rouge, where Christopher, the friendly night receptionist from the Ivory Coast, showed me into room four, opposite the desk and on the ground floor. No bag hauling or staggering around on the roof necessary. This was the room I remembered doing the promo for Not the Weapon but the Hand with Richard Barbieri. I like it here. Finally in bed at midnight. Friday, 25th of January. Toulouse, Bikini. We were back at the Bikini. Didn't write much about the gig. The legendary Hervé, the owner, wasn't feeling sociable today. Shame. I hope nobody from our crew has upset him. There was a sign outside the backstage elevator saying, No chewing gum. No guns. Today was to be memorable for another tour bus breakdown. All was well until we made ready to leave at two in the morning, at which point it became apparent that the bus wouldn't go into gear. I lay awake most of the night wondering if it would be fixed. It could be worse, and it has been. At least this time I don't have the added pressure of a marriage on a knife edge and a wife in another city waiting for me to arrive for breakfast. Just a partner waiting for me to have lunch. Saturday, 26th of January. Barcelona, Bikini. Up at six to find Frenchy lying downstairs in the bus lounge. He hadn't really slept, having been trying to sort things out for most of the night. We were still in the car park at the Bikini in Toulouse. He said there are no direct flights to Barcelona and trains are also difficult. Hmm... We have a show in Barcelona tonight, also at a club called Bikini, so we've got to figure out how to get the crew there for the load-in. In the end, we just had to throw money at it, and so five cabs were ordered and arrived to take us to Barcelona at 10am. I got in the back with Ian and snoozed my way to Spain. Rothers was in the front. To my great surprise, we made great time and arrived in Barcelona around 1pm. It took 30 minutes to check in as the receptionists were Basil Fawlty and Manuel combined. Ellen Vibes arrived shortly after me. There was a kiddies play area behind the hotel, so we took little Vibes down to the trampolines and gave 20 euros away to the play area woman. There were lots of little kids bouncing around and going round on little rides. The place must have been a gold mine, no doubt owned by someone in a position to do a deal with the council for the spot. Enjoyed the best cup of coffee this year from Café Boo by the trampolines. Soundcheck went well. Rothers and I had been invited to play a couple of acoustic songs at a radio station, quote, just across the road, 
unquote. Not. We played Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. and Wrapped Up in Time by us, which Frenchie said he enjoyed. Knocked me down with a feather. Back to hotel, I went to Frenchie's room to lie down for 30 minutes so that Lynetta and Vibes could relax in our room. Tonight's gig was really good. The keyboards worked perfectly. I wandered backstage during Ocean Cloud to find Lucy, Fiona and Angie deep in conversation. Oh well, I guess songs about blokes rowing across the Atlantic are not every girl's cup of tea. And we're back! Yeah! Now that's better, you see. You're making far more of an effort for the rap, aren't you? I had a, I had a run at it. You did, didn't you? I did. A camp through the window. I'm not going to ask you any questions on the on the diary because I've not read it this time. Uh, I've had a fairly I've had a fairly full on morning this morning, so I've not read it. But we'll have a catch up on diary next time because mm. there's a big day coming. But we won't say any more than that. Yeah, God Almighty! There's a big day a coming. Folks, I've had some traumas, but this 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 one's up in the top five. The top five of traumas, and mm. then it's all going to get a bit complicated after this, isn't it? We've been having, we've been trying to come up with plans to keep TCD going for the next few weeks because we're jetting off in different directions. It's quite fluid after this. Hmm. I'm going away to Lake Como. Um, I always think of Como whenever I say Lake Como. I yeah. think. Like Comover. I, I think of what's his face, George Clooney. Oh, not Perry Como. No, no. Everybody thinks of George Clooney and Jimmy Bond because that house in that James Bond movie. Oh, in Casino Royale. That amazing house. Apparently, that's in Lake Como. That's a uh, great any, film. That yeah, it's a great film. Really, well, that's probably, not the one. The, the best Bond film ever. I'm going to stick it out there. You can right. you can take Goldfinger and you can. Yeah, yeah. That's when he's at the. That's when he's at the table in the casino, and the and they they poison him, and he staggers yes. to the car, and has to has to find the adrenaline and all of that. Yes, and he's dying. Yeah, that that is a good one. I really like the opening scene, which was the one where in the opening scene it's the Day of the Dead in Mexico, and that's that, spectacular. That, that entire building ends up coming down. My God, that's a hell of an opening scene. That is a hell of an opening was, scene. I was, think that's Spectre. Probably no following it, unfortunately. You know, you open with a scene like that, where you're going to go? That was a bit of a classic. Yeah. He did a good job, didn't he, Daniel? Yeah, because he just had that. You know, he had that. Um, he had he had both the style, the elegance, and that sense of being quite brutal. Oh, very brutal. It's a hard case. Unlike, you know, Connery was, you know, suave and debonair with maybe a hint of of being a hard case somewhere underneath it. And then Roger Moore was just a big girl's blouse who kind of played it for laughs, didn't he? Yeah. But then Daniel Craig was sort of a proper hard man. You can imagine him having, you know, you can imagine his character having been in the SAS and the whole lot before he, before he he moved over to MI6 or whatever he was. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, great. Yeah, Daniel Craig was, the, I think he's the sort of real deal. And yet, at the same time, incredible in Knives Out and the Knives Out mm. um, follow-on, Glass Onion, both of yeah. which are off the charts good. Yeah, yeah, particularly Knives Out, which if you haven't seen, you should watch. It's very funny, isn't it? Oh, oh even from that moment at the beginning where he presses the key on the piano <laughs> when they're doing the interrogations, he's just, oh, he's just so cool in that. He's so cool in that. <laughs> like a bit of Daniel. <laughs> so what you got planned this week then? Um, Lynetta's birthday tomorrow. Ah, ah, happy uh, birthday, Lynetta. Yeah, so, so that should be nice. And I think because it's her birthday, there's all sorts going on. She, she has more celebrations than the Queen. In fact, the Queen's dead. But, you know, when the Queen was alive, um, Lynette. So she's... she's um, We've got a bit of a do on Saturday, which hopefully we'll do in the garden if the weather's all right. Um, drinks with chums. Um, tomorrow we'll probably go out for lunch to celebrate her birthday, and then we might even go out for dinner as well. Um, and then Sunday, it's my grandson, little Ronnie's uh, fourth birthday, oh. and we're having a do in the village hall. Oh, uh, oh, that's a dis- proper birthday if it's in the village hall. Disco lights, bouncy castle. Are you on blowing up balloons? That's a grand uh, task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got balloons, uh, but I'm also sourcing dis- a dis- the disco ball. is 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 a task I must live up to. Well, particularly uh, after we know what's kept in them. <laughs> well, be it's not that sort of disco ball, Anthony. Well, you, you fought, could, you could, you could do the what, kid equivalent of narcotics and fill it with Haribo. <laughs> yes, true. Or those flying saucers. Um, you can still get them, can you? Oh, now look, your phone's going. It's just endless oh, it's today. Every, everything, isn't it? What do I do about that? We'll, well just wait and it edit it out. It's withheld. Ooh, oh, I'm intrigued now. I'll tell you who that is. Because it's the only withheld number I ever get. It's the dentist. Now, why the dentist withholds his number, I'll never know. It's like, oh, I don't want disturbing. You're a bloody dentist. Um, <laughs> it's the dentist. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> anyway, he's gone there. Right, okay. <laughs> so Ronnie's fourth on Sunday. Ronnie's fourth in the village hall. So I'm currently, um, in fact, I think some of those little messages, those uh, beep, hello, that you've heard earlier in the podcast were a consequence of me trying to arrange disco lights for, um, oh, no, look, hang on. Are you done? Is this important? Yes, Phil. Phil, he oh, you should call you. 15 minutes, I'll call him back. 15 minutes, he'll call you back. Okay. <laughs> That's... The legendary Phil Brown now trying to get hold of me, right. so he can so he can panic about forthcoming H shows. It's all happening, isn't it? It'll panic in me. It's all happening, man. I'm I'm up to my eyes in it. You are, aren't you? I think I'm we should probably having... draw a line and let you carry on with your complicated life. <laughs> there, I was I was blaming the dentist, and it was in fact Phil Brown. Yeah, didn't sound like seemed, a Phil ring. Seems to be withheld as well. 
I, I just assumed Phil would shout from wherever he was. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, I did ask him to call me at noon, but that that's when I thought we were podding at 10. Well, yes. So yes it's all been a bit, a bit strange, hasn't it? Well, so, take, let's wrap up because we're rambling now, aren't we? Yeah, uh, yes, not not deliberately. No, 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 no. It's no. It's life gets in the way. Accidental rambling. Yeah, life gets. Where in the were way. we? Yes, so village hall, Ronnie's birthday that Sunday, and uh, so it's quite a busy week. Quite yeah. a busy. It might well be boozy. Mm. I think it will. I think it should be. Most of them are, if I'm yeah. honest. Well, take a run up at it, and I'll see you for one six six. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope that made some sense. I mean, the last 10 minutes probably didn't, but there we are. And and Anthony's cricket observations certainly won't have. But um, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll, we'll see you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.